This is episode 36 with Chris Bocklet. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with Chris Bocklet, current professional lacrosse player. Chris comes from a family deeply involved in the sport of lacrosse one that's no stranger to championships, having five MLL championships, three NCAA national titles, and multiple All-American honors, just to name a few. Chris has contributed his fair share to those accolades, and we dive into the importance of surrounding himself with a strong support system. He learned to use the success of his two older brothers and older teammates to push himself to reach his full potential on the field, and in sharing his story, you too can learn to do the same no matter what it is that you're currently competing in. So without further ado, welcome on Chris here. That's Chris Bocklet again now with it for the Outlaws, looking for an opportunity, and he got it! Unbelievable, Bocklet! That was a difficult shot from an odd angle, and he scored! So how's everything on your end going here? I've been using this time to just kind of put in some work, you know, that I've always, that stuff, all the stuff that I've wanted to get done and focus on, you yeah. know, and no, there's no distractions. It started here, you know, how did you discover the sport of lacrosse? Was it through your family or, or what? Yeah, so it was uh, through my family. My, uh, my dad actually played baseball in college, um, and he was, you know, a football a quarterback in football in high school. Just an athletic guy. Um, actually, in uh, in college, the lacrosse coach saw him, uh, you know, playing sports and tried to recruit him to play lacrosse. So he actually tried it out a little bit, although he didn't play it. Um, and so he had a little introduction to the game there. And then my cousin is from upstate New York, and we used to always go up to, uh, you know, his house and watch uh, Memorial Day weekend, watch the final four and I remember seeing it on TV, you know, some teams like Syracuse or Hopkins usually battling it out. Um, and then we went in the backyard and grabbed sticks and I remember, you know, first time getting a stick into my hand and, and throwing it around and um, you know, I grew up with two older brothers and anything that they did, you know, I was gonna do. Um, and so I saw that they were liking it and made me like it more. Um, and uh, you know, the rest is kinda history there, but definitely family um, was the one who kind of led the way. Nice. It's it's cool to see when people, especially, I guess, your middle child, I take it, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of four. I have a younger sister okay. as well. So two other brothers and a younger sister. It's cool when you kind of just, it falls in line. And it's, it's interesting to me when the younger siblings kind of gravitate towards the same sport. Because I've in my case, I'm the oldest and my little brother actually gravitated away from swimming um because at some point he was like oh yeah that's not for me like that's Corey's thing let me find my own thing what kind of made you stick with lacrosse and make it your thing as well was it just kind of natural yes you know um i played i I just loved all sports so growing up i played basketball football um a little bit of soccer a little bit of baseball um but things with hand-eye Thing that I think that's something that I naturally had was pretty skilled at was just kind of catching and throwing, um, and so when I found lacrosse, um, I kind of picked it up fast. I remember being a little kid and surprising my uncles because after that time where I saw him, um, he he came 
came uh, to our house a year later, and I've been practicing, and, and I came, and I was throwing it behind the back and doing these things. I remember seeing their faces as a little young kid, and I don't remember a ton of things as a really little kid, because I was probably in, you know, first, second grade. Um, and I remember their faces, and, and, and I liked that people were impressed by it, um, and it made me want to push more and get better. Um, and I, so I think I just started becoming, you know, the things that I, I'm not very good at, like golf and stuff like that, you don't see me on the golf course at some because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. But the lacrosse, I picked it up kind of uh, fast, and I and I just spent more time on more time on to kind of increase my game. So I think that's kind of the draw was knowing that I was starting to do things that the other kids around me weren't quite able to do yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it paid off for you, but. You could have easily gone to kind of any school where you would have probably been a four-year starter, but you chose UVA, who historically, obviously, a lacrosse powerhouse of a school. In that first year, you didn't really have much playing time. How did you handle that transition and use that experience to benefit you in your game long term? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, going into UVA, um, you know, it was it was definitely a challenge. You know, I was used to playing – on every single team growing up, I used to be the, you know, I was an eighth grader playing on the JV team, a freshman playing on the varsity team, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I show up, and now, um, you know, every player there has the same story, you know, and everyone is the, you know, is the top player in their town, um, and it was definitely challenging, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I knew going into it, it that this was probably going to be a learning year, knowing the guys that were on the team. And, I, and then I need to learn from the players that I, and that I need to grow as a person um, and as a player um, and accept my role. And that was a big thing, you know, being a part of the team, even if you're not on the field, you still are, you play a role to make the team better. So, you know, by working your hardest in practice, by supporting the guys, you know, even tossing guys water, which is something I never would do, but now I'm like doing it and embracing it and, and giving the guys support um, is it, huge. And, um, and and so that's what that's kind of what I, I took that year as. Um, and then that next year, really just focused on all right now. It's my my I had an opportunity to play, and now I needed to make the most of it. Um, but if I didn't have that, you know, taking that uh, learning approach, uh, I don't think I would ever have stepped on the field ever. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the patience from that first year paid dividends for you in that second year, and some would say you exploded onto the college lacrosse scene there. You had one of UVA's greatest scoring seasons, 53 goals. Uh, diving deeper, though, than that stat sheet, if you could paint a picture of what exactly went into having that kind of season, what would that look like? Uh, so I think it was, my, it was really my mindset. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the time when I was, we just finished our freshman year, we, we, we lost in the quarterfinals um, to Cornell, and we were on the back of the bus heading, driving back, to, it was in Baltimore, driving back to Charlottesville, and guys were on the team, we're talking about next year, and being like, who's going to step up? We just graduated two first-team All-Americans on attack, the position I had played, and I started to listen to the conversation from a, a few rows back, and I, and I listened to the names that they were um, you know, mentioning that could fill those spots, and you know, it was incoming freshmen um, that were high ranked. There was two that they kept talking about how they're so good. Um, you know, there was another guy that was a senior that they were talking about as well. And the whole time, I just never heard my name mentioned. Um, and honestly, that was the motivation I needed 
Uh, it kind of fired me up. It kind of pissed me off in a, in a positive way. It's like, you know, I like, I have improved myself and that's why they're not putting my name in that hat. I need to put in the work to prove myself. Um, and then that summer, I just outworked everyone else, you know, everyone else that was going to be my competition to play that role. I was out on the turf, you know, early mornings, um, you know, getting in the best shape of my life uh, and, and working on my stick. And, and I came back and I was running uh, the fastest I've ever ran in tests, you know, which gave me that confidence because I was running with guys I shouldn't have been running with because I was just, I was just ready from the start. From day one, they, when they first practice, they blew that whistle, I was going to prove myself. So it was really just my mindset that I, you know, I could do this. I believed in myself and I put in the work that I needed to do, which gave me that confidence. And as soon as I had that confidence, you know, it was mine for the taking and um, I was able to earn that spot. So I think it started with that approach that summer. Um, and then just that year, I mean, I, I, I scored a lot of goals because I was around the, the best team, honestly, I've ever been a part of. It was insane how many, that, that, that my sophomore year, that year, um, how many good players or great players we had, um, and I was able to just, you know, I wasn't a, a guy on the, the other team's, uh, you know, stat sheet to be like, you got, we need to shut this guy down because they had so many other people to work with, and so I just kind of found a role um, and as an off-ball finisher type player and worked with the guys around me and was able to, you know, we, as a team we were able to have success, and as an individual I was able to score a lot of goals because of it. I love that. I love how you were able to use that conversation too. I had a very similar experience actually leading into my first conference meet. Um, there would be like Swim Swam is a basically ESPN of swimming news. And they would have um, college message boards where it would be like the basically the parents of everyone yeah. kind of oh, talking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they would throw out predictions every year of like who's going to win what event, who's a dark horse, who's this. I remember like reading all my events and be like, damn, like they didn't even mention my name once. I was right. like, I had a pretty good like regular season freshman year. Where's my mention? Um, yeah. And that just kind of lit a fire inside me too to just be like, all right, well, they don't know about me yet. So here we go. Like, let's let's put our head down. Let's work and, and it will pay off. I also right. like how you yeah. – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, I think every sport must have had some of those like lax forums – um, because I, I know in high school they had them, similar things where people, you know, if you can say who's going to be All-American for this year predictions and people would post their thoughts and you could spend hours and hours on, the, <laughs> on those, uh, all those forums where it really is just parents talking, you know, uh, and, but yeah, but yeah, there's also, you can use it as motivation to, if you don't really buy too much into it and just use it as a way to, you know, um, you know, outwork and, and prove yourself for sure. So I, I love that. Yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword, though. Um, if you get caught up in reading too much of what they're saying, um, it can definitely hurt your confidence and all that. So it's good to see you took the other route with it as well. Um, obviously, you talked about individual success, but you also I like how you mentioned the team success, and you you were just a benefit of the team around you. Obviously, national title at UVA. Describe all that goes into winning that single game at the end of the year. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's it's from the work you put in all year long. It, it's crazy how much goes into a season in a year. 
um, and the efforts that you put in every little thing, in every little, um, you know, every lift, every run you're going to do, every drill, it's all to bring home that championship. And you have to believe it. Um, if you don't believe that every rep matters, um, then you're, you're, you're not going to, and the team doesn't buy into it, then, you know, you're not going to get there. And it has to have, it has to come from everybody, not just the players on the field. You know, the, the kids that are, you know, are, you know, on the bench, they have to believe in, in every rep in the gym, every, um, you know, every drill that we're doing. And it, it has to come from a total buy-in. And that's what we had when we won the national championship. We probably had the, out of all the teams I played on at UVA, the least talented team um, was the team that ended up winning the championship. Um, but the team, we, we had a lot of missing parts. We had some of our best players, like our best defensemen, get hurt. You know, we had guys on our team who were our best middies who, you know, weren't following the rules and we ended up having to kick off the team who, you know, were one of the top recruits in the country at that time. Um, and really, we just focused on the people who were in the locker room, right? We didn't care, you know, who we, who we, we would kick off. It didn't matter who we would kick off. We'd kick off a whole starting lineup, right, if we had to, but we were going to focus on, you know, everyone buys into this. This is what we're doing. We changed up rules, sacrificed a lot of different things um, to be able to be the last team standing. Um, and, and I think that's what was special about that year. Um, you know, is, is the year we were able to win is because um, the whole team was on point. Everyone was in it together. We were on a mission. You could feel the energy in the practices. You could feel it in the locker room. You know, we had a terrible season. And, uh, you know, not that we say terrible, not one of our best seasons, but all of a sudden we just started clicking, right? And then you felt the momentum, and, um, and we were able to, to win that championship on the last day. You know, I, I'll never forget another conversation um, with my aunt, and, and funny, funny enough, my one of my best friends and kid I grew up with, um, he guarded me in the national championship. So we're sitting there, he's guarding me, and before, before the whistle blows, um, you know, he's like, "Dude, how how crazy is this, man?" And I'm like, uh, "This is insane." <laughs> you know, like looking at the crowd, looking the fact that he's guarding me is just bizarre. You know, it's like, um, uh, but it was kind of a special moment, and then. You know, I shook his hand, wished him good luck, and then from that point, we didn't say a word during that that the rest of the game um, to each other because we're both playing. You know, everything was kind of on the line there. But I remember before the game, he was talking to my aunt, saying how it's destiny for him and or for their team, like they can feel it. And I'm like, you know, screw that. It's destiny for us. You know, like this is our time, and and you really had that belief. You know, and, and to get to that point, you have to have that belief. As an individual and as a, as a team unit, that you're gonna have, you're gonna you know put your best foot best foot forward and and come out and, and you know and, and hope and win that game. Otherwise, you're not gonna get there. So, um, yeah, but um, amazing experience uh, for sure, man. Yeah, I feel like a lot goes into that winning kind of recipe of success. There, where does that belief start? Does that start preseason? Does that start you know right after that? You know, season before, does it start from the coaches on down? Where do you think that came from? And then how did you guys cultivate it to get to that point where you really built the championship culture? Sure. I think, um, I think at UVA, these, these programs, they do a great job of creating a winning culture. You know, and when I got there, um, 
it was from you know you, you see it from the upperclassmen that are the leaders on the team that they you know their confidence and they, they do a good job of really buying you in and with the coaches that you know we're we're here to win you know we're, we're going to be a winning program and it starts by you know putting in the work every day and and, and outworking the, the, the competition i mean we we would grind uh like i said it, it was a it was a lot of work um but to be you know to be one of the top teams that had a winning team you know everyone's you know there's no there's no better feeling than winning uh at home you know or on the road or things like that and um i think it gets shaken up i mean there's times when you start to lose games and lose games you shouldn't and you start to have a little bit of a losing streak and then what i loved about it was monday's practice because after a loss you know it's it's really hard the bus ride home stinks you're all upset sunday comes around you're upset and then Monday comes around, you watch the film, you look at where you could improve, you know, and, and then we started our practice. And once we got on that field, it was to the next, you know, the, that next game. And that was that mentality. Um, and so you don't dwell on the losses. You just look at where you can improve. Um, and then once again, that next game, you know, you're, you're not thinking about the loss against Duke or Maryland or whoever it was. You're just thinking about that matchup, that game. Um, and then, you know, what you can do to, to, to obviously win the game and, and have success. Yeah, you definitely have to have that physical reset um, after every win and every loss. Correct. Uh, right. Because that's how you stay on track. You've had the chance now to continue playing post-NCAA career with Major League Lacrosse. What was that transition like, and what kind of helped you with the transition? I got to give my brother, Matt, a lot of credit. Um, so... I got drafted to um, the Denver Outlaws. Actually, I got drafted to another the Charlotte Hounds. I got traded to the Denver Outlaws. My brother was out in Denver um, and playing on a team, and he convinced the coaches to trade for me. So they did. Um, and you know, my first game, I was kind of just wasn't sure how it worked. Honestly, I was playing the game, and the MLL has different rules in the college, and I didn't really do my job to do the research on the rules. Um, so I remember the first whistle, I was like standing out of bounds, um, because I was, you know, I was around this two point arc and the defenseman on my team actually gave me a heads up. He's like, you, you're, you're out of bounds right now, buddy. And I so like, I really didn't, I'm like, okay, wow. So that was a tough way to start. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm playing the game. And I'm realizing I don't really know all the rules. Um, I, it's very similar, but there's certain little things that are different. Um, and I just kind of, the first half, I remember I didn't really shoot which is my strength is I'm, you know, I'm a shooter and I kind of just like try to not make mistakes. Um, and by doing that, I was not really like, you know, I wasn't making any plays. I wasn't making any mistakes. So it was kind of like an even keel. And then I go into the locker room um, and my brother, Matt, he's like, Chris, he looked at me really serious, which I knew something was up. And he's like, you need to shoot, shoot the ball. Um, and so that was his friendly way of just telling me, that basically this will be my only game I'll ever suit up in this jersey if I don't make something happen. So what I'm doing, my strategy of just not getting in people's way um, and not making mistakes is not going to work. You need to prove yourself. Um, so, you know, in that game I went and I did what I did. I started to cut and, and play how I typically play and get the ball in my hands and get some shots off. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to score some goals in that second half um, which the, you know, impressed the coaches enough to keep me around for that second game. So 
my brother Matt, and um, he's been, uh, you know, he's been a really uh, great guy for me as a player. He's also the one that told me to, you know, UVA is a good fit for him, even though he was at Johns Hopkins. He's also told me the one that, you know, UVA is going to be a, a learning year for you at UVA. So I've kind of had a mentor in him, and also my other brother, and he's kind of followed my career. And both of them have, and, and it didn't. I was blessed to have them on my pro team, which. Also, for me, as a younger brother, I never had, uh, I was, you know, too far apart to ever play with my brothers when they were just a year apart and always playing. So I went to all their games, watched them play together, um, and it was really cool to be able to have, you know, finally play with my brother, um, the one who's been kind of in my ear guiding me um, through my career. Yeah, definitely a full circle moment there for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also like how you kind of, at first, it sounds like you started that first game and you kind of tried to deviate away from who you actually were as a player to try to fit what you thought the team needed you to be. And right. then you yeah. reverted back to that true self and obviously it paid off. Uh, would that be a fair assessment of kind of what you learned? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of I didn't want to make mistakes. You know, I, I kind of just played... Um, played... You know, I didn't play to, to 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 you know make plays. I played to like not mess up, which was not the right you know because I was nervous and so I had to fail forward. You know, I had to try to make an effort. And if if I you know made a mistake, whatever you know, at least I went to the cage and tried to make something happen, and I can you know learn from it and then um, you know hopefully score, and make the next play next time. Yeah, I mean, in talking with you and doing some research here, it sounds like you definitely play loose. You have a reputation as being a little bit of a prankster, maybe in the locker room or with teammates outside of lacrosse. How do you think that helped you in the sport itself and then just in life in general now? Yeah, I think the the kind of play-free, carefree um, has been super helpful um, because sometimes, you know, there's – it's funny as a player, like you, you don't get nervous, you know, or, or you, you, when there's big situations, right. Um, you're just kind of, you know, you, you are so used to playing and just like you, you practice it so much that, um, that when you're in it, you just are like thinking, you're not thinking like, don't mess up, don't make mistakes. Um, you or like feeling the nerves you're just like how to, you're just it's reactions you know it's a series of reactions and, and things like that and as, a, as a fan when you watch sports you like your nerves and you're so nervous and you're like you know biting your nails and you're like oh, three two you know it's, it's just it's just it's funny um but my personality has just always been kind of loose and i yeah i've, I've put some pranks on uh some of my April 1st was always in college. You know, I always like to have fun and, and I put like crickets in people's apartments and I do all all this pretty wild stuff. Um, don't take life too serious is kind of the message, uh, you know, and, and enjoy the moment and just kind of have fun with people and, and make people smile. Although my pranks sometimes, the crickets one was a little too much. Uh, didn't make, quite make it everyone smile. Um, that was uh, a little too harsh. But, and, but yeah, I think, you know, just to, to be, enjoy the moment, enjoy what you're doing. You know, I try to uh, teach my players that I've coached to just kind of put a smile on your face and enjoy. Don't, you know, don't stress out. It's in, in the end, it's just lacrosse, you know, and I think people put so much pressure on 
how they're, you know, their success and their failures and, and, and what they're doing. But you just got to, um, you know, there's always going to be another day and you just got to enjoy the moment and work hard. And if you have success, that's great. And if you don't, you know, and you lose a game, no big deal. In the end, it's, it doesn't quite, uh, you know, it's not the, the most valuable thing in life. I love that. I tell a lot of the kids that I coach in swimming, you know, at the end of the day, it's like the big championship meet. I'm like, they're coming to me for advice. I'm like, look, you did all the work. You did all everything you can do. Just now go out and have some fun with it. Yeah. And they look at me like, what? You want me to have fun? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like now's your time to show off like what you just did, you know, right. for the past few months, for the past year. Like go have right. fun with it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds 100%. like you have a very similar position there too. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Um, you talked about your family, um, brothers Mike and Matt and your sister Casey also playing lacrosse. Not just playing it though, at, at such high levels between you guys. I was reading the number of championships at all kind of levels is astounding. Do you think that contributed to your development as a player? And was there like a competition environment growing up within the family to see what sibling could do what, or how did that factor come into play for you? Yeah. Um, I'd say, I think it's, there's no coincidence that, you know, we all were able to play at a professional level and, and win, play division one and go on to win uh, championships, uh, because of, because of our competitive nature and how we grew up, you know? Um, and also, uh, I, I like I, my brothers accepted me in all my in all the games that they were playing. You know, even when they had friends over, like I could always get in the mix in a game. And the same thing with my sister Casey. You know, um, and I think that was really cool to be able to do it together as a play together as a family. Um, I mean, Casey, Casey, she didn't have a choice. She made four. Anything we did two on two, she was joined in. We 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 battled out. Um, and um, I mean, no matter what we did. You know, we, we always wanted to win. My brother Matt is probably the most competitive person you'll ever meet. He does not like to lose. And so beating him is extra special. Um, <laughs> and I make sure he knows about it. Um, and he's, and honestly, I, he doesn't lose in a lot of things because he's just so competitive, you know. And it doesn't matter what it is. And beyond lacrosse, basketball, uh, ping pong, video games, you know, if we're playing backyard football, um, card games, like and we all have it too. We're all we're all competitive, and we like to compete with uh, each other. You know, if you ask my friends who's the most competitive person is, uh, it'll probably they'll probably say me. You know, and and um, and they want to be they want to be on my team because I'd really do anything I could to make sure that our team won um, in whatever we were doing. So I think there is, and the competitive nature, uh, you know, drives people. If you look, I've been watching a lot of the MJ. Uh, uh, doc and, yeah i mean you, you just you see it like if you, if you don't have that competitive nature right in in the sports world it's going to be hard for you to have success i mean at, at uva it was no different they every little drill you're doing you're competing 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 and you have to get excited about it you know it's can you can do drills for sprints and you're going to be competing with the guy next to you you know and that's going to push you in seeing that so i think if you're the people that who have that competitive nature are gonna are gonna be the ones that are gonna thrive um, at the next level for sure. How did you handle, I guess, the competitiveness in a positive way rather than leading it 
to being like too much pressure, burnout, you know, the alternative route? How did you navigate right. that? Yeah, I think, I think I, knowing that it's okay to lose, I think kids get so upset when they, when they lose and things, so they're so competitive. Um, and you gotta embrace the losses. Uh, it's just as much as you embrace the wins, you know, the, the losses are going to teach you something, right. Something that you can learn, um, and get better from. So I think that was for me is knowing that, I mean, I've, I've lost in so many things and everything I like to do, I try to make it a competition. So it, it only ends to more losses or, you know, and, but being able to be, uh, you know, okay with it is, I think that the, the secret and, um, and just, you know, accepting it and getting better. Yeah, there's a fine line there. Um, but the the better, I guess, you learn to walk that line and, and use your losses in a positive way. I think, right. that, like you mentioned, that's the secret to opening the door to so much more to life. Um, yeah. Speaking of, you've transitioned now to virtual fitness coaching through Beachbody. Was that kind of a natural path for you to take given that athletic background? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Because as an athlete, you're just always um, and a little story. So after I, after I, how I got into it, after I graduated, I was so used to being on a team, and like I said, you're competing, and also you're having people around you supporting you. You know, and I, and I grew up with that, not really knowing how much that was a part of me. Um, being on a team atmosphere, and then. You know, you graduate, and even playing the MLL, you're not, you know, it's a summer sport, and you're, it's a weekend sport. So the rest of the time, you're not practicing with your team. You know, they, you know they're flying you in, so you're on your own. And so I struggled. I was to kind of motivate myself to work out and do, you know, because I was so used to having a team around me and, you know, team lifts, team runs, and someone telling me what to do. Um, and then the people around me supporting me and things like that. And so I got into these online uh, home workouts and accountability groups and had a coach and I joined it and I just, it brought me back to being on a team again. It made me, uh, you know, it pushed myself because I saw the people around me were pushing their, their self and by me doing my job and working out, it motivated them, which um, just made the team stronger. So I think um, for that reason, I, I fell in love with, with the process and made it really simple. I could do it all at home. And, um, and so I, I, I had success with it personally. And then once I realized that, you know, anyone can do this, doesn't matter if you're an athlete or if you're a mom, a dad or a young kid, whatever, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I started, you know, running my own groups and being <clears throat> more of a leader and coach, which is something I want to do is make a positive impact on people. Um, you know, that's kind of leaving him, leave it, make a legacy by making positive impacts on people's lives. And, 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 and this is a platform that allows me to do that. Um, and so for that reason as well, you know, I, I fell in love with it and making new connections. And, um, so it's been, yeah, to, to answer your question, a, a really fun, rewarding and seamless kind of process. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool thing to be part of the other side of stuff. I, I myself also obviously had made that transition to coaching. What unique challenges have you faced being on the coaching side that have allowed you to improve your game or just your outlook on life in general? Um, you know, it's funny. You take a, you take a lot from what you've learned from coaches in the past. Um, and so digging 
uh, digging to remember some of the what what are the important things that you want to tell your you know your your you know your customers your coaches your teammates or whatever whatever it is you know you want to lead them in the right way um and so for me i um my challenge is is just making sure i'm you know leading from the front focusing on myself each day and i call it filling your cup and without you know filling my cup with positive personal development um you know nutrition workouts um and just listening to people that have done it before me and done it great um you know i can't i can't help other people so that's that's kind of my biggest thing is i just plug into myself to who i can be able to pour into other people um and the challenge is me is just always improving as a person it's, it's going to be an endless thing you know um to to develop and it's a, every day that's my biggest thing and is the more i plug into myself the more i can pour into other people in a positive way um and so that's a my my favorite piece about this thing is, you know, the, the bigger impact I want to make, you know, the, the more I need to grow, uh, and improve as a person each day. I love that. I, my favorite analogy is the, um, the oxygen masks on the airplanes. And yep, so many times I feel like people, especially in our industry, get caught up on putting that os- oxygen mask on someone else first, but we always have to, kind of get our own selves right and that oxygen mask on our own face before we can help other people. I think that's what coaching has helped me realize too, the importance of my own self-care and then it, it gravitates naturally to everyone I'm around. Yeah, yeah. And then days you don't, like just yesterday, for example, I was just kind of having a weird off day, you know, like I, sometimes the quarantine leads to like, uh, maybe I'm inside too much or just like feel a little bit weird and or off in a, in a bit and just realize I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't work out today. I didn't read any, you know, personal development. I, I didn't plug into my, I just kind of let the day take me instead of me taking the day. And, um, and I just like, all right, let, let me just put everything away for a second. Let me turn off my phone. Let me get my workout in. Let me, you know, plug in, you know, breathe, meditate, any, you know, any of that. And it was just crazy how I just felt after, you know, and I was like, that's what it was, you know, and, and, and I was, you know, before that I was trying to help people get them into their workouts and I didn't get myself into it for that day. So it's, you know, exactly right. You got to put that mask on first before you can, you know, help the people around you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you with that analogy. 100%. Yeah. I like how you have the self-awareness to, to kind of catch yourself before it's too late. Um, and that day has totally gotten away from you. You were still able to kind of make the most with whatever situation you had left. You might have not crushed the morning or the early afternoon like you would have wanted to, but you got back on track when you could. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta gotta be able to, to, to realize what, you know, that's why I like the morning routine is, is everything for me, you know, and, uh, I think, you know, putting your phone away or turning off the notifications and just starting your day with it is, is typically how, you know, how I'd like to do it and how I think everyone should do it because otherwise, if you don't do it in the morning, you know, things just add up and the to-do list gets more, you know, added, more things added. And then you, and then, so it took me until, you know, the afternoon and be like, what's going on today? You know? So I, I'm with you. You got to kind of recognize. <laughs> it's easier to spiral one way or the other. If by putting that phone away, it kind of helps you 
spiral in a positive direction versus down that rabbit hole of social media or whatever other distractions are out there for you. Right, Um, absolutely. If you had to sum up all your experiences to describe your own mentality right now, what would you say that is? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I think I'm a, I'm a people person and, and, uh, experienced person. Um, so everything I do, uh, I, I love to, to meet new people and experience new experiences, new places, new things. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for lacrosse because it's brought me to so many different new towns, new friendships, uh, new, uh, cities and countries. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, and be able to then now give back and be able to coach and help people get there. Right. I'm at the point where I'm, you know, my playing career is is very close to being over. Um, and now I'm excited to take on the role of helping other kids who had the same dream that I did, um, get there because I know how rewarding it is. I know it's, it's truly life changing. And, and so, um, you know, my, my kind of role now is to help them and, and give back to as many, uh, people as I can so they can, you know, experience the places and the people, um, you know, that I have. Yeah. I think no matter what the sport is, the greatest thing is just the doors that it opens for you in life. Uh, like we wouldn't be having this conversation. I feel like if, you and I collectively didn't play some sort of sport. Absolutely. Uh, it's all related. What's You mentioned the next generation of lacrosse players there. What's a single piece of advice related to lacrosse? Could be a physical thing, could be a mental thing. What would that be to help them improve their game? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's the mindset. You know, I think if you have the right mindset, you're going to, you're going to, the skills and the work will come. So I think it starts with a why, you know, why you want it. And it's got to, you got to fuel that why. It's got to be something that's going to burn deep so that, you know, when you're tired, you're going to want to put in the work. And when you, um, you know, are distracted, you know, you have that tunnel vision to, to put in the work. Um, and then the, and then belief, you know, you got to believe that you can do it. If you don't believe you're, you're going to be able to play at whatever level or, um, it's, it's not going to happen, you know, um, and you gotta, you gotta have that vision for yourself and, and, um, and see yourself doing it, write it down, put it in a place where you can see it, visualize it and draw it on a piece of paper. Um, and, and, and then when you have that, the why, the belief, the vision, you know, then you're going to have that motivation to, um, you know, to put in the extra work and grind. And it, you know, it's really easy that you know you can improve as your player by going on youtube and looking up new drills you know you can like the, the knowledge is out there on how to become a better player so it's not a lack of knowledge and you have nowadays you have all the resources because you know we have that you know we have the resources to to teach you how to play and so as soon as players kind of have the mindset now i think that's where my focus is on develop when i work with players you know i yeah i i, I really like to help them on the field with little things to critique, but it's really trying to build that mindset because once they have that, then they're, you know, they're unstoppable. Yeah. I think you're definitely going about the right approach. It's, you can have all the resources in the world, but if your mind's not working for you, what good are those resources? Like you have to 
get that right first before all those other things kind of become assets to you and help your game rather than working against you and getting frustrated with a new drill that you might not get the first time or, you know, your shots on goal are just off today. Um, Get excited versus getting frustrated. I think with that attitude in your coaching, it's going to help serve you a long way to come in the coaching space when professional lacrosse is no longer for you. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. And, uh, I think that's, I think that's the most valuable thing. Like you, like you just said, I mean, kids, it, it, they gotta have the big picture, um, in the back of their mind, you know, and not get upset by the little things, but also, you know, do the little things when the little things are not the most funnest, you know, not, or not funnest. So that's not a word, but like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, little things like hitting the wall every day is easy to do. And it's also easy not to do, but the, the kids that are going to have their success are going to be the ones that do it, um, you know, do it when it's not easy to do, you know, and do it when they want to do it. And I think that's, um, the, the big, the separator. Um, so those little things done many, many, many times add up over time and 100%. The, the results speak for themselves later in the career. What's left on your kind of list of things to accomplish could be professionally in the cross itself or just in life, whether through um, career or personal. And where can those people listening in here kind of keep up with you as you go after those? Uh, that's, so I'm, uh, I'm, you can follow my day to day. I'm pretty active. I'm uh, very active on Instagram and my handles is uh, 10 um, and I've really just kind of put my heart out in there so you can kind of get to know me and, um, you know, get to know what I do each day with the workouts and my big passion is traveling. Um, so everything I do, you know, I, I, my goal before I have kids is I want to travel to as many continents and meet as many people as I possibly can. Um, and so that's a big passion for me. Um, but really it's just, you know, I, the, the two worlds that I'm coaching in is lacrosse uh, and this fitness world and, and really having helping people have transformations is kind of where my, you know, my heart's at and, you know, in transformations from the lacrosse world would be just to, you know, have kids that had all of a sudden have that fire and confidence um, and kids that I'm working with. Like I just helped a kid who um, was, you know, he was not getting recruited and, and, and his had really his fall left to kind of get recruited and we worked with each other every day and, and, and he was the hardest working kid I've ever seen and, and he was lucky enough to be able to sign with DU and I'm like wow that was I, I got so much out of that you know I was so excited for him and I'm so happy uh, you know that he's going to be able to play at the next level and his dreams are going to come true it's like you know that was the most rewarding thing for me so I, I, you know, I, I'm itching for more of that and I'm working with kids to help them kind of get there and then on the other side, when I'm not on the field and I'm at home, it's helping people with these home workouts to have transformations. Um, because I know what the struggles like. I know when it's when you don't have motivation to work out, and I know um, you know you don't have the motivation to be healthy, and, it, and it, it's a kind of a crappy feeling when you're feeling kind of in a rut or you're stuck. But that's all you are, and and, and then you're gonna you know you're gonna get back and get the wheels turning again, and and so for my job there is to help people get those wheels turning. And it's amazing what it does for them, not just physically, but mentally, um, you know, and, and, and 
become a light, you know, for people is my end goal is be a positive person, influence people in a positive way and, and kind of spread that light um, and, and spread that energy um, is, is, is a mission I'm on. Yeah, I think you and I have very similar coaching philosophies in the sense of everything we have done in our experiences have brought about such positive kind of aspects in our lives. Now it's how do we use our platforms to inspire the same thing in as many people as we can possibly get in touch with. Yeah, 100%. That's it. It's a rewarding mission to be on, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Well, Chris, I appreciate the time. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Chris. The biggest takeaway for me was the power of belief. Belief in yourself to step up and rise to the occasion when those around you don't think you can fill the role, much like Chris had to do after his freshman year. And more importantly, when it comes to building a championship team, Belief in the importance of each rep, whether it's a shooting drill, hill sprint, or another part of the process. Everything adds up as part of the larger puzzle that is a national championship. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could use an extra boost. Stay up to date with us and all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. Remember, if you change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.